1: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, I'm going to take a page out of Dan Rubin's book. He starts off every show talking about the weather. I mean, my goodness, I just walked my youngest daughter to the bus stop. It feels like spring out there here in the capital city of Columbus, Ohio. I was basking in the sun, and it's just going to get better today. It's going to be in the 50s. Spring is on the horizon, my friend.
2: Dude, this is like... So you know how in the fall, when it gets to 50 for the first time, you wear like four layers because you're shivering and it's so cold. Well, right now is the inverse, right? After everything we just went through the last month here with like the Massachusetts levels of snow that are still on the ground as it's slowly melting. I went outside yesterday in like 39 degree weathers and like a t-shirt. Like I was like, Oh, this is beautiful. Wow. It's great. Look how warm it is outside. So you know everything's relative in life, I guess. Uh, But this quote, heat wave we're having right now is certainly a welcome change from the uh, highs of 18 degrees that we saw for a couple weeks in a row. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: I mean, you go out there, I mean, you can still see snow on the ground, but like all the driveways are cleared off of the sidewalks and it's sunny. Might not be much snow, you know, in people's yards after today, but uh, man, what a nice day. All right, let's get into matters of business. A shameless plug, I'm doing a piece for the site both today and tomorrow projecting the depth chart for the Buckeyes entering spring. Today will be offense, tomorrow will be defense. Good news for everybody listening to the show. Bax and I are going to do offense and defense on today's show. We're not going to go through every position, but look at some of the more pertinent position battles for the Buckeyes and who's going to be the starters in our opinion. The Buckeyes are returning six starters on offense, and they are returning five starters on defense. Let's, of course, start with the marquee position quarterback How do you see that shaking out at quarterback C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, Kyle McCord? Now, I don't think Ryan Day – in fact, I know Ryan Day is not going to tell us after spring. He's going to keep that competition going. We're not going to know probably until that Thursday night opener against Minnesota backs. But ultimately, who do you think is going to win that job?
2: Yeah, you said the first part right, which is Ryan Day is not picking someone until he has to pick someone because he doesn't want to lose someone from the program if it becomes obvious they're the guy who isn't there, right? So – I think we're going to come out of this and it's going to be, you know, Stroud and, uh, and Miller considered to be the, you know, the two leaders with McCord tight on him or something like that's going to be what Ryan day says. Like, that's where he's going to be at the end of spring. Uh, end of the day. I think that, uh, I think the guy who's going to start uh, against Minnesota is going to be CJ Stroud. That's just, ever since I've gotten a couple chances to see him, uh, I'm impressed with what he has to bring to the table to me. I think Miller's a very good quarterback. I think McCord's going to be a strong player too. Um, the, the bigger issue, I think, is that the, uh, the, the experience is going to be a problem for McCord to start with, right? He was the national player of the year and all this other stuff. And, you know, in high school, but when you get to college, you have guys who have a year more in the system underneath their belts with you. It's a year more of rapport with all these star receivers that are at OSU. I think the bottom line is Ryan Day knows what he has, and C.J. Stroud is pretty special. And you know what? If Kyle McCord is the redshirt while Jack Miller acts as a backup and you get another year of separation between those guys, it's not a bad thing. We all know Ohio State is going to be excessively stacked at the quarterback position with Quinn Ewers coming in after McCord. So end of the day, I think it's Stroud. That's that's the the, the odds-on guess right now. But I remain open to be surprised, which I think is probably where Ryan Day is right now too. Leaning Stroud, but not gonna say a damn word about it. And open to being pleasantly surprised by Miller or even by McCord.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I said the same thing on Monday's show. We had Steve Hellwagon on, but I love getting your perspective. Another thing we talked about on Monday's show was running back. Matt Baxendale, who is your prediction to be the Buckeye's starting running back this year, or do you think they might go with, you know, running back by committee?
2: I think we'll have a group of guys who who run, but if you have to pick one, it's not going to be Master Teague. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Let's be honest. What we've seen out of some of these other guys in terms of vision and explosiveness, I think there's room for Teague. Teague's going to run the ball, but Teague is kind of like, remember when Antonio Pittman was the leading rusher coming in, and then we had Beanie just waiting and. It was obvious by halfway through the season, as long as Beanie didn't fumble the ball, he was by far the better runner than Pittman. And Pittman actually left early because he knew there was no carries for him in 2007.
1: And Pittman was really good. Like Antonio Pittman was really good. But you're right. Yeah, you could tell that Beanie was going to be something special. And Antonio Pittman was a back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher and was really good. Go ahead.
2: Well, that's kind of the spot I think Master Teague finds himself in. I think he's a good player. I think Pittman was a better player, but I think Teague's a good player. He's a productive player. And you got trivia on Henderson and Evan Pryor and Mayan Williams and Marcus Crowley and all these other guys that frankly may end up being more deserving than Teague, who we saw what Teague is good at in the national championship game, right? You give him the ball, he runs straight ahead. And if there is a hole Teague will hit the hole and get yards. If there is no hole Teague will run into the back of his lineman and get one yard. <laughs> There's no in between. He has no wiggle you could see the difference of why Trey Sermon became the big guy down the stretch, which was Trey Sermon had the vision and just had to get comfortable doing it. So Teague is a good, but limited back. Right. And I think one of these young guys, or maybe even two of these young guys are going to end up being guys who get a larger share of the carries when it's all said and done. So, you know, not to people who accuse me of throwing shade at master Teague, but I just don't think he's going to be our best option especially as these younger guys get a little more comfortable, not with the level of talent you have, and not with his two seasons worth of showing that his vision really isn't there.
1: Yeah, I think what's going to happen is Master Teague will open spring, taking the first-team reps, and maybe he'll take first-team reps throughout spring. But I've seen this song and dance many, many times. Spring, that doesn't matter when it comes to veterans. A couple uh, springs ago, Gavin Cup was taking first-team reps, and he was just – you know, kind of warming the seat till Jonah Jackson got there. You see it all the time. So, uh, and I'm, you know, Master Teague obviously is, is a bigger part of this program than Gavin Cup. Don't get me wrong. And who knows if Master Teague never got hurt? You know, that was a serious injury that he you know underwent with the Achilles. Um, I'm with you though, man. I think it's going to be Travion Henderson. I think it might be Mayan Williams. One of those guys. I think will be the starter. That's my prediction by midseason, maybe to start the season. Um, but I think during spring, Master is going to be getting the first team reps. Uh, and they'll rotate some guys in there as well, but they'll give him first crack at the job for sure. All right, let's head on over to defense. Defensive tackle is interesting to me. Thank goodness they're getting Haskell Garrett back. But one tech, losing Tommy guy is huge. Um, I think he's going to be a great NFL player. Not good. I think he's going to be great. He's going to be in the league for a lot of years. Who do you see replacing him there? They've got Jeron Cage coming back. They've got Antoine Jackson that can play the three tech and the one tech. They've got Teron Vincent, who's more of a three-tech, but maybe to get your two best on the field, if he can step up, the former number one defensive tackle recruit in the country, maybe he'd be the one tech and you can kind of play him and Haskell Garrett together, even though they're both pretty much three-techs. You know, they got some big guys coming in with Mike Hall and, and Tyleek Williams. Um, how do you see that shaking out at d tackle backs?
2: I think the scenario where you just get your two best tackles in the field is the most likely situation. There's no big hank or anything like that here to plug in, right? Um I, I think it's going to be sort of by committee because obviously Haskell Garrett's on the field as much as he physically can be considering he might be the best defensive tackle in the country coming back next year, but which is, I mean, everything else is sort of gravy after that. Right. But if I had to guess, I think if Teron Vincent can stay healthy, which at this point we all know is an if we started seeing a little bit more flashing for him down the stretch. I think OSU is going to just say, let's get our two best on the field as much as possible. And that's going to be Vincent next to Garrett. But, there's, there's a lot of candidates at that spot. And like you said, some of the young guys might surprise. Me. OSU until, I mean, for years they've had a tradition of young defensive linemen getting on the field as freshmen, right? This goes back to Johnny Simon. This goes back to Big Hank. This goes back to the Bosa's. I mean, you name them, they, 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 they played as freshmen, right? You had a lot of guys. do that. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of these freshmen played on the D-line. But I think you're much more likely to see the likes of like a Jack Sawyer playing a bunch Versus uh, a Tyler Williams or a Mike Hall right now. The tackle's a little bit of a different animal in terms of just the size and strength and the the the, the grown-ass man ad, uh, aspect of it, if you will. So I'm leaning right now towards Vincent as being the answer. I think Cage and Jackson are going to certainly get a lot of reps. But I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Because that's one right now where you know, we can, we can guess, we can be relatively even educated in our guess, but there's no real good argument for any of them to over each other opposite Haskell Garrett right now. You can, you can argue potential, you can argue flashes, you can argue consistency, you can argue frame. None of them really at this point scream starter, and that's one of the things where spring's going to be real interesting to watch as see another D-tackle emerges from the heap. And if they don't, we may be seeing a lot more of the rushman scenario this year with all the defensive ends that look like they could be contributors for the Buckeyes this year.
1: You brought up Jack Stoyer. I'm really, I'm sure every Buckeye fan out there is very excited to see this young man in action. Um, you know, he was been a five-star prospect for for as long as we can remember. He's finally going to be a Buckeye after taking a senior year off um, of football. And, I, you know, defensive end and running back are two of the positions where you can come right in as a true freshman and have an immediate impact. And I think we're going to see that with Travion Henderson and perhaps Evan Pryor as well at running back. And I think, as you mentioned, we're going to see it at defensive end. Let me ask you this. Tyreek Smith coming back is huge. He's locked in as one of the starting defensive ends. We know that. You would hope Zach Harrison steps up and grabs the other, you know, other starting defensive end job, but he was a disappointment this past season. Backs. You also have Tyler Friday coming back, Javante Jean Baptiste. I wasn't that impressed with either one of them this past season. Now Jack Sawyer is going to play. Could he push for a starting job in your opinion?
2: I think it's going to be much more likely you see him rotate in to start, but I think I'm interested to see two things about Jack Sler. obviously one what he does himself but two, what the presence of the quote next big defensive end that's been recruited behind him does to zach harrison right i think everybody sees zach harrison's freakish athleticism and physical abilities and the answer from what everything we've heard is is that they feel like he hasn't applied himself enough to get better right so Part of that is just, you know, being 20 years old. I mean, God, I remember when I was 20, I wasn't focused sometimes on the things I needed to be focused on. So hopefully the lack of playing time last year, the fact that there's somebody who is essentially him being recruited to take over his spot if he doesn't get it together, the fact that the team flat out needs him will get through to Harrison to help him really push himself into that starting role um, and become the player we all expected this year because the kid looked awesome as a freshman, kind of just figuring things out. And he didn't take the next step, right? But he's got a lot of time. He's as freak as it gets in terms of athlete. So you certainly don't write him off. You just hope he, he starts recognizing what it takes in terms of grinding to be the best player he can be. Because he's a guy who has NFL for a decade written all over him if he gets the mental part of it right. And the commitment part of it where it needs to be. So I think Sawyer's presence alone may spur Zach Harrison into really pushing himself to where he needs to get to because you're right. Friday, Javante Jean Baptiste, they they were fine, but they didn't make me go, wow, look at those guys, right? There weren't a lot of big plays. So to me right now, it's Tyreek Smith is your one guaranteed answer at defensive end. You're hoping Harrison gets it together and you're hyped about Sawyer. That's where we're at right now. And then the other guys are going to fill in reps and be solid, but I don't really see them you know, being game changer type of players like the other three can be. So Sawyer's presence is going to be interesting on about 100 different levels. I'm just excited to finally see him in Scarlet and Gray, considering it feels like he's been a commitment for like since my daughter was born. And she's, she's going into kindergarten. So I, I think it's just, it'll be nice to see him in Scarlet and Gray finally as well.
1: I find Corner very, very intriguing as well. Obviously, Seven Banks coming back. Cam Brown coming back but coming off a to of Achilles, so who knows how he's going to be. Who are you excited about maybe as far as the guys that are coming back that are not returning starters? So take Seven Banks out of it. Take Marcus Williamson out of it. What do you expect out of Cam Brown and maybe some younger guys, Legend Cavazos, Ryan Watts, or even the true freshman coming in? Who do you think is going to step up?
2: Well, I think it's be interesting to watch Cam Brown because the, last year was supposed to be his, quote, second year, step-ahead year, right? Like we saw him two years ago, get on the field and struggle a little bit, like you know, some young corners do, but you saw flashes of like quality play. And I think a lot of people thought he was going to be the clear number three last year, including the OSU staff. till He had that unfortunate Achilles injury. So how quick he can recover to that is going to be a big question mark. And, and I, he's the player I'm not giving up on, even if he doesn't quite recover next year, because we saw with guys like tough Portland, how difficult it is to come back and perform at a high athletic level off of an Achilles injury right away. Um, I'm excited to see Legend Cavazos. I'm excited to see Ryan Watts. They have plenty of potential. Um, I'm really interested in some of the freshmen that are coming in, though, to be honest, because they brought in some really quality guys. Uh, I, I think Jacalyn Johnson could be a guy who can play right away. And so, if you, oh, that's the other thing we've had this discussion with before is like, if you look at the OSU recruiting, the quote level at which OSU has recruited corner the last couple of years before this class wasn't quite at the same level. As it's historically been. So that's another sort of situation that makes you believe some of the young guys are going to have an opportunity to step up and play right away. And let's face it. There are very few starting roles that are guaranteed after the way the past defense, you know, to quote Peyton Manning, your past defense is offensive, right? Like the, the, there's plenty of room for, for improvement and new faces on on that side of the football, particularly at the corner position. So I think that is wide open. like. You can pencil in seven banks to be a, a, a big-time contributor slash starter. Everything else is on the table right now.
1: I want to finish the show talking some recruiting, specifically one guy that would be JT Tuimolo Al, who, you know, is the lone big-time prospect that's still on the board from the 2021 class. And there's been a lot of talk out there that he is going to announce soon, backs, and he's going to pick Alabama. Well, Bill Curlick threw – a big bucket of cold water on that, thankfully, for the Buckeyes this morning on his chat. And this is premium content, but I will pass the wise words of Bill Curlick along to the masses here. Regarding Tui Moloow, this is what he says. He says, here's what I'm told. Right now, the extended dead period has not changed things. Tui Wow still wants to try and visit schools, most notably Ohio State and Alabama, if possible. Bill says he spoke with Brandon Huffman, who, of course, Covers Tuimolo Al and knows the situation better than anybody else. And he says at this point there is no change. So basically it's down to Ohio State and Alabama. He has not made a final decision. Facts, it sounds like he's leaning maybe towards Alabama at this point, but sounds like he's torn. He loves Ohio State. We know that as well. I don't know what, what your gut feeling is here, but uh, tell the listeners what you're thinking.
2: I think the NCAA screwed JT Tomolau. How's that How's that for your answer? Uh The NCAA's decision to not allow on-campus recruits, you might have called it the JTT rule, uh, because it absolutely bones a kid like him who hasn't had a chance to visit his finalist schools. And now his family has to pay for multiple cross-country flights and trips out of their pocket because the NCAA is forbidding these schools from allowing him to have official visits where they fly him out and pay for things for him and his family. So I think, A the NCAA has screwed him up to this point and B there's a reason why he's going to probably be taking his time is because they're starting to try to do spring football up in Washington and his family has to figure out how, how they can make this an affordable venture for themselves to make the best possible decision for their son. Now, whatever Brandon Huffman says is whatever I'm going to listen to on this JTT thing, regardless of what anybody else says uh, he's the one who's the closest to the situation. And from what he's been saying for months is that Ohio state has been considered the front runner has been considered the school that'll have the lead going into the visits. That to me, like Bill said, has not changed. I'm sure JTT is fascinated to see Alabama. I would be if I was in his shoes as well, without question, what you're hoping your OSU here is you can convince him to take a trip to Alabama and then a trip to Columbus afterwards. so You can have last say, this is one of those arguments that we always talk about in normal times about recruiting, where you want to be the last visit, right? You want to make the last impression on the kid. And I still think that if this can came down to him, having to make a decision without visiting, I would wager it's still Ohio state because that's where he's been leaning for months. And, and again, this is from Huffman who knows more about this situation than anybody who's not in JTT's family. And at the end of the day, the kid may not be able to make his visits until May or April, or we don't know when, right? So let's face it, when you're as good as he is, you can just show up at Ohio State to start summer and be like, Hi, I'm JTT. Can I take classes? And they're like, Yes, yes, come on in. You're welcome here, buddy. What classes do you want to take? Do we need a dorm room? Throw one of the regular students out. Get this kid a dorm, you know? Like, that's where he's at right now. So, I think this is one we're just going to have to continue to be patient on. Like many things, the pandemic has screwed up JTT's recruiting plans. Everybody says this would have been decided a long time ago had this been a normal year. So everybody relax. Everybody chill. Let the family figure out how they can make their trip and keep it tuned into what Bill's saying and especially what Brandon's saying out on the West Coast.
1: Well said, as always, out of Matt Baxterdale. You can catch us call him every Sunday on Bucknuts. It is the Bucket of Bullets. Thanks again to Bax. Thank you to all listeners out there for tuning in to the show. We appreciate that very much. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best-time band in the land. <laughs>